everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, colleague, friend, and all-around nice guy. What? Fuck you, Tyler. Chris Marler. Chris. We're in bowl season, baby. It's time. Yeah. SEC, I love SEC these bowls. bowls. You, I mean, honestly, dude, like, pack, pack it and we'll and smoke them if you got them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just, I'm bummed we didn't break down the famous Idaho potato bowl. <clears throat> Electric game, there, Kent State versus Wyoming. You know, Chad Muma, a Buckus Award finalist, announced you'd play in the game. I mean, come on. Is that real? Yeah. Okay. When I heard his name, I had my back turned to the TV and I was like, Muma. And all I could think of was that Bobby Shmurda song when he's like, give him money to my mom, to my Muma. Um, I'm not a a big Shmurda guy. What? Smurda she wrote? (laughs) No, I don't know. Is that the album? I I, I did an underwear comedy show, which is like the least confident I could ever be before a show. Um, And like, I don't know four or five years ago, but I was like super skinny. Uh, and back then, and they brought me out on stage to Bobby Shmurda, um, which was like, I just, I've, I've never gone from being Must like kind of weird. So lacking confidence to being like, I'm the fucking man, no matter how many pairs of socks are stuffed down these old Navy boxer shorts. <laughs> just get up there on stage packing. Yep. Um, um, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, it's right. Christmas time. And I talked about this with Neil Blackman earlier. There's a couple of things that I, I feel like we're not talking about enough during Christmas. And it's not like, you know, giving to the needy or the less fortunate or, you know, being around friends and family. It's, it's the amount of songs where people are fucking Santa and, and doing it in the home. Like while everyone's asleep upstairs. I, I mean, I, I don't I, like I, it. I can only think of one. I think there's two, right? Santa Baby and I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Oh yeah, Santa Baby. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Oh, I yeah. know. He's a jolly old guy. I mean, it's um, not one sure. to love. <laughs> Women love dad bods. Those are in right now. That's right. Um, so are beards. Yeah. Also true. Uh, the so other I kind of see it honestly. Okay, you know what? Yeah, Santa's not getting enough. And he, and he, enough he just play. brought everybody. He just brought everybody presents. I mean, yeah, this guy seems like it's one of the five love languages: gift giving, or or receiving yeah. gifts, and so, oral, like on Christmas Eve, like throw out the milk and cookies. Also, how is that still a thing? Like, you would think that we would evolve that. I saw some meme the other day, and it was like obviously a dumb. I think it was like Rad Dad or something like that, or Dumb Dad podcast, and it was like. Trust me, son. Why you listen to dad podcast? I don't listen to that podcast. Um, first off, <laughs> I'm not a dad, and I don't like my dad, so I have no reason to listen to that podcast. <laughs> but no, I, I followed them on Instagram because they're a pretty funny Instagram account. Um, and they had they had some meme. It was like, trust me, like he doesn't want milk and cookies. It's like it was like a pizza and like you know an IPA flight. Why why have we still stuck with like the milk and cookies thing? I mean, it's just, you know, I like tradition. And Santa, he, he he doesn't like to switch it up. I mean, the reindeer, they get the carrots, the celery. That's another thing. You know those reindeer are fucking freezing their asses off while he's just hooking up with, with Joe, or not Joe, but 
Jen, whoever, Jane Doe inside. I just, I feel bad for the reindeer. But anyway, let's well, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you bring them inside. It's not practical. No, you go, you drop off the gifts. You stop breaking up marriages and, and, and ruining homes there, Santa. He's a fucking homewrecker. You know, he is. You've seen like, a, the, the cool. This is our last podcast before Christmas. You're going to, you're going to land yourself on the naughty list, Chris. Sometimes that means something different for, for Santa. First off. If I land up on any naughty list, on anyone's naughty list besides Allie's, I you fuck off. I just, I have, I deserve so many presents this year, Tyler. Well, Santa's naughty list could mean different things to different people. Oh, good. Ugh. Anyways, let's move weird. on. All right, uh, Tyler, moving on fuck from Santa. that. What's, <laughs> wow. Uh, transfer portal. It's on fire right now. Yeah. This portal's on fire. That's pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, I bet you could use that in a, in a meme or something like that. Now, listen, here's the deal. This year has been difficult. Uh, Saturday, I thought we put something to bed that I was excited to not have to avoid anymore, which was Oregon State football games. Like, dude, when I'm when I'm in, or if I'm with someone, like I'm, I'm all in, right? I, I, we were a big Oregon State podcast. I have, I still have all my Oregon State shit just sitting outside the the door of my basement. Probably should throw it away. Yeah. It smells like shit. Um, but their last game of the season was the LA Jimmy, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, whatever that is. What a name. Yeah. Um, and they lost, which was kind of a nice little cherry on top. And I was like, you know what? We're gonna we're moving forward. We're like, you know, this is the end of one chapter. It's been a long fucking chapter. Um, but it's the end of one chapter, and then the next day, Bo Nix just puts me in a fucking mental meltdown of he, he goes to Oregon. So I, I don't know if I'm now an Oregon state fan again. I mean, do you really hate Bo or is it just Topper? Come on. I hate you'd be willing I, to I, root for Oregon state over Bo Nix at this point. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I don't wow. like, I don't really, I mean, like, just, I mean, honestly, if he hadn't beaten Bama, or said any of that shit about like like them getting all the calls after the year he had like prior. Yeah, these colors don't run, man. They might as well be paralyzed. I've never known you to hold grudges like this. Ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. fair. Yeah. So that that was a big transfer that happened this week. It kind of blew everybody's minds. I had actually been hearing about Bo Nix potentially coming to Florida State because Kenny Dillingham, mm -hmm. who was his offensive coordinator his freshman year at Auburn right. um, was our office coordinator. And there was some thought that maybe we would try to bring him in um, at least for a quality backup, because as I said on the podcast all throughout the year, Jordan Travis goes down. We have no shot to win a game because Milton's leg was basically amputated still. And so we wow. need a backup or at least someone to compete for the job. And then Dillingham left for Oregon. And not so long after that, Bo Nix goes to Oregon. Bo Nix was going to come to FSU to sit behind Jordan Travis? Well, I don't know if he would have or not. At least compete for the job. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, <clears throat> Oregon has yeah, a very talented uh, kid out on their roster that didn't play much this year. But Ty Thompson, I think he was a high four-star. So, I mean, it's not, I don't know that he's guaranteed to have the job. But No, not at all. But it's weird, too, just from a geographic standpoint of, like, I mean, I'm not just saying this because of, like, pettiness. Like, I mean, Oregon's a different fucking place, man. It is, it is a lot different than than Auburn, Alabama. Um, no doubt. And, I think, you know, maybe it's... Go ahead. I don't know. I just... I I, I think we talked about this um, 
maybe when he went down with injury or something, we were talking about him. And I just wonder if the whole Auburn, your dad was like a semi-legend there. I mean... His dad walked into the fucking coach's office and and they made a bunch of demands. His dad pulled on my dad, like on like the all-star team. So I was like 11. Right. So I just wonder if like a new change of scenery plus a scenery where you're not facing the defenses of the SEC, it could be end up being a really good pickup. This is why I'm glad you brought that up, Tyler, because your boy did a deep dive. All right. You hear hear that paper turning. Yeah. Still got it. So here's the deal. Uh, I looked at two things here, and it was it was mainly the defensive numbers uh, from the Pac-12 versus the SEC. And honestly, there's some categories where it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that drastic. Um, I will say that when you look at, like, the – I just realized I ripped the page out. It's not even in the fucking notebook that I'm holding. Wow. Um, but I have a whole other thing here about Kenny Dillingham, too. So the reasons why, like, I think, honestly – and I'm just assuming here. I'm, I'm purely speculating – so when I, you know, I, I told you when I quit baseball in college, um, something happened like some weekend where I didn't play in a game and I was upset and I think everyone else got to play and I didn't, which was not, not the most fun. Um, yeah. And, and I like took it personally. And then we went to some party like that weekend and somebody said something to me. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to quit. So I, I quit. Um, and this is going to shock you because I'm never dramatic uh, or overly emotional um, in the moment about stuff. And you don't think you don't take things personally a lot either. No, no. And I always think things through. That's the thing about me. It's like, I'm always yeah. a big picture guy. Right. Um, so I quit and that was it. Right. I, my, my coach calls me in and we start talking. He's like, dude, what, like, what the fuck, man? And I, I thought he hated me at this point. Like we had gotten like, like a couple of like yelling matches, I guess it's mainly him yelling at me. Um, he called me a jit bag, which I'm not going to tell you what that means. Anyway, where I'm in this meeting and I realized like, I was like, oh, he doesn't like hate me. He, he's just like trying to push me. He likes me. And as I was walking out of the, the office, he called me back in. He was like, by the way, we got to talk about your dad. And my idiot dad had called him and the athletic director trying to get him fired over, over some shit that I told him, like that he yelled at me about. And I was like, I was so embarrassed from that part. I was like, I can't come back. This is, I mean, this is so awkward. And he gave me every opportunity to do that. Similarly, um, Bo and Patrick Nix, uh, the reports that I have heard, just walked into Brian Harson's office, like a little end of the year meeting, and um, decided it'd be a good idea to tell him what they wanted to see out of the offense and, and what they should be doing. And I didn't think Bo Nix played that poorly this year. No, I thought he was much better than he was in prior years, for sure. Yeah, so, but Harson put his foot down, which makes me like Harson even more, um, and kind of forced his hand and put him in this like situation where he has to like now he's he's leaving going to Oregon. Um, familiar face with Dillingham. I think people are over overblowing this a little bit because Dillingham was his OC when he was a freshman. His freshman year wasn't that great. Yeah, and it's and it was definitely Gus's offense too. Yeah. That was why I, I think Dillingham's a great, this is just a side note. I think he's a pretty good recruiter, but he's never run an offense by himself. So it should be interesting to see what he does up there. Is he a good offensive coordinator in your opinion? Because he's, he's like a guy that has been like, he's gotten a lot of good jobs. It's almost like, um, who's the guy? Uh, Bryles, Kendall Bryles. Mm-hmm. He's like a poor man's Kendall Bryles. Like he, he's gotten a lot of good opportunities and I don't know why. 
because I think it's. It, I mean, numbers are not great. No, well, you can't. You cannot look at Florida State numbers and really get a picture because their players are so bad. There were look constantly times. Well, yeah, I, you could definitely look at that because they have definitely better players. But there were constantly times watching Florida State's, Florida State's games this year where they were scheming guys wide open, and either the O line couldn't hold up and they were getting sacked, or the receivers couldn't catch the ball. Like it was just embarrassing. Right. But I. And apparently he was calling plays. I mean, it's Norvell's playbook, and I think that's why he's gotten these. Like Lanning was also at Memphis with Norvell. Right. And him and him and Dillingham are like, I think they were in each other's weddings. So that's what are those. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, I think that's how he landed that job. And he's always been a Norvell guy, which is why he jumped from Memphis to Auburn for a year, then back to Florida mm-hmm. State when Norvell got the job. But. Um, I don't know his, his so his numbers weren't great under uh, under Dillingham at Auburn. I mean, I remember so, a lot of turnovers. Yeah, sixteen touchdowns and six interceptions, which I, I was kind of surprised it was actually that high. Um, everyone remembers like the the Oregon game at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I just like Will Ogburn, who's um, the living nanny or whatever, like the co-host, whatever the title is of the other pod. Um, he he made a point like three years ago. It's like the best summation of, of Bo Nix's talent. He'll do five things in a game that just make you drop your, drop your jaw and like, Oh my God, like that's, that's the five-star talent. Like there's yeah. very few people that can do that. And then he'll do five things in the same game. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like it just, it, there's a lot of stuff. I will never Cuba told us at the beginning of the year when he was, when we previewed Auburn. Yeah. I didn't want to like, say yeah. anything back to him because he's I feel like he would hurt me. Yeah. Um, But no, like it's so a Dillingham, like, it's it's hard to look at these numbers and and you're right because like the Florida State thing those numbers are going to be skewed just yeah. because of the talent and injuries and all that kind of stuff. Right. But his best offense is clearly at Memphis. They were they were a top uh, ten offense in, in almost every single metric and category. Yeah. Um, his whole mo is basically like they're gonna they're gonna run to set the pass. It's like fifty eight to sixty percent run plays. Um, they don't really throw the ball more than like thirty times a game. But like the numbers you've seen. I mean, so his first year as the OC was when when he had this incredible offense at, at Memphis with Brady White. I mean, granted, you you get better as like time goes on usually, but like Brady White's numbers the following year after he left were uh, every single category improved. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just wonder, like, like because because Bo Nix is he was a five star talent coming out of high school, and I just wonder like what fit he like is looking for because he's had three different OCs in three years, which is a trend that's happening in college football. That's really, really unfair to, to recruits and, and athletes. Yeah. Um, it, you look at like the numbers, like, like, you know, pac 12 defenses, not that bad. I think there was, um, I mean, there's some things that are like a drastic difference. I think there was, uh, there was five sec teams ranked inside like the top 25 in, in total defense this year. There's only three pac 12 teams. So it's only three total in the top 50 in the Pac-12. There's seven in the SEC. Um, you know, I was I kept thinking when I was writing these notes down that, well, at least they didn't have to face Georgia. And then you look at the schedule and it's the first game he's got to play next year. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And landing, huh? The other part of it too is I didn't think about that. Landing will face Georgia in his first game. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. So <laughs> um for him. But like, but also it, it, you kind of look at this like, and I, and I wonder sometimes like, we're so quick to just be like, that guy sucks. Like, like I'll defend Tua and be biased about this, but everyone talks about how great Justin Herbert is. Right. 
and how bad two is, and he's a bust and blah blah. Miami is the worst fucking place he could have gone. That offensive line is terrible. They have no skill players around him, and all I need, like everything I need to know about their offensive coordinator, is the fact that Jalen Waddle is somehow averaging like seven yards a catch. How do you bottle that guy up? Anyway, the whole point is like, I didn't realize until even recently, there's so much that goes into a a guy's success. Like, you know, the continuity of like the staff, like is the, the, like the fit, like best for your skill set. Do you have players around you? Like Herbert has a lot of talent, at the skill position. Bo Nix, it's been like this every single year. Like he has one year, he has five returning offensive linemen. Next year he has like one or none one year he has three or four like receivers all returning next year he has none um it's just been like a very up and down difficult stretch for him i feel like yeah i think i I think a change of senior will be good i think he'll be he'll be good out there and i mean oregon was decent enough this year despite having a pretty bad qb so i think he'll be an upgrade for them and i mean we'll see what happens um He's going to make those uniforms look fucking stupid, though, which bums me out because they're awesome. Jameer Gibbs. Transfers from Georgia Tech over to Bama. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is awesome. I mean, he is out in Dalton, Georgia, small town in North Georgia. He was very, very highly rated recruit in high school. For some reason, picked Georgia Tech. Um, Well, was that the triple option? No, it couldn't have been. No, it wasn't. Um, Tashar Choice, who just became... He left Georgia Tech. He was the running backs coach. He was why Gibbs went there. He took a job oh. at USC for like three days, and then now he's at Texas. Yeah, what's that about? No idea. So uh, Gibbs goes in. He will be the starter next year, and he's going to be awesome at Bama. What? I, I don't know. If I, that's all. Yes. True. Trust me. This kid is, is Brian Robinson gone. Are we sure about that? I don't know if Brian Robinson's gone or not. This kid's way better. I guarantee you. Telling you, telling you right now, you're gonna okay. be very I mean, happy with Jameer Gibbs. I I like Jameer Gibbs a lot. Like he, yeah. he's he's a, a a guy that like stood out in a in an offense and and team honestly that is very difficult to do so in. Um, he was like one bright spot for Tech. I I, I don't know if like I mean Bama's got so many running back injuries this year. I, I don't know what that looks that running back room looks like next year. They also have a five star recruit. I think Trey I, Sanders is gonna end up uh, transferring. He's just Where? like I just feel like he, he continually gets passed up every chance he's about to get. He's he's been playing the whole time. Well, he also, plays, but I mean he's not going to be the feature back there. Then you bring Gibbs in, even if so. If Robinson stays, Gibbs, then you've got the five star. Didn't a five star come in this year? And there's a five star coming in next year. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know, and, and I feel bad for Sanders because he had that horrific accident. Yeah, like a year like, ago. Yeah, so I don't know, but I could see him. Probably a fair point. Um, also Florida gets a quarterback. Yeah. Jack Miller. Yeah. Kid's pretty good. He's out of Arizona. Um, I actually kind of wanted a Florida state to look at him honestly, cause, uh, that's where Dillingham and Norvell have ties, but, um, Dillingham left. And I think that that was like his connection, but I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, obviously when you're in that quarterback room competing against CJ Stroud, what was Quinn Ewers? Yeah. Um, I think they got another they a, they four or five star year? there. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a great start for Napier. Um, obviously, no. Emory Jones is transferring, even though he's playing in the, in the, <laughs> in the game to, uh, this fucking week. weird, man. Um, and then, you know, it, Anthony Richardson, we'll see. Uh, you know, that's interesting yeah, like, because everyone wanted Anthony Richardson to be the starter, and it's like it, 
Florida continually feels like maybe another guy's the answer. I don't know. Did you ever date somebody that like lit was like long distance? Not really. Okay. Well, good for you. Um, <laughs> like this whole thing with Ibrie Jones, it feels like I remember one time, like I, me and like, I don't remember which girlfriend it was. I think it was like high school, but we were in college. She broke up with me like before we had to go on a trip. Like, like we had like we rode to Athens together and she had to drive me back to Milledgeville. And I was like, the logistics of what you're doing make no fucking sense. Like, why didn't you just wait until we got back to Milledgeville? Because now this is like this awkward ass car ride. <laughs> and that's what this entire situation with Emory Jones reminds me of. Because it's like, dude, like, what are you? Like, I'm leaving. But first, I'm going to complete 52% of my passes and go one touchdown and one interception in the most mediocre way possible. <laughs> um. Bam also picked up Eli Ricks. I don't think we ever talked about that, but he's the number one mm. corner in the portal. Five-star from LSU. Um, I saw there's rumors that Bama might get Butte. He's not even in the portal. I don't know. There's just rumors. And it could have been... That. Could be, it could be just you know Twitter rumors, but I did see that popping around. Um, I don't think he's in the portal yet, but honestly, I don't know why he... I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but like, why wouldn't he? Well, yeah. If you want your last year to be like a kind of like a changeover year, or do you want to have a stacked team with the best QB in the country? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yes. the portal is just out—it's just out of control. Four hundred um, players that entered it since December first. Four hundred, and that's there's going to be more after the bowl season, and there's going to be more after spring practice. I tell you what, man. Like I, I brought it up at the start of the pod. Like quitting that, quitting baseball was like one of the most short-sighted and dumb fucking like decisions I ever made. And I regret it. Like, you know, to this day that like, but these are kids like, I mean, you're fucking 21 years old, 20 years old, 19, whatever they are. Like, listen to fucking dashboard confessional and stuff like that. It's like, you, like they need, they need to have a system in place. Gene Chizik brought this up. It was a really good point. Vindicated. They, I am selfless. <laughs> I am wrong. Yeah. Exactly right. I've been listening to pop punk all day. Um, no, but like he he brought this up and it uh, like I think on signing day and it was there needs to be like a more structured way they do this because everything happens so fast. It's like you go from the end of the season to recruiting then signing day, and you have all these players that are like making these rash decisions and it's just I don't know. I, I feel like it's only going to get worse. Nobody makes good decisions when they're eighteen. No. 19. No. And and plus, you know, as we know, you know, obviously there's like a no tampering rule where you can't just like sure. be a coach and like call. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, well then the coach will just get the kid's high school coach to talk to him and be like, Hey, or you know, just text them. <laughs> or no, I mean, I don't think you can do that either though. Like, I don't think oh, you okay. just start talking to other players that are on rosters, but let's say, you know, you're Kentucky and you recruited Max Johnson, or let's say, or, or actually, let's let's take Max Johnson, Texas A&M. I bet Jimbo was recruiting Max Johnson when he was at Florida State. His dad, Brad Johnson, played at Florida mm -hmm. State. There was probably a good connection there. Jimbo can't just reach out to him when he's on LSU and be like, "Hey, you should transfer over here." But what he can do is tell his dad, "Hey, we're uh, we're looking for a QB, Thanks just by here. the way, and we're also looking for a tight end. And your son happens to be the number one tight end." So I didn't realize that his son was. They had a tight end too. Yeah, they both went to AM. So it's like that kind of stuff. So I just, man, 
I know these college coaches get paid a shit ton of money and they're getting paid more and more, but damn, do they have a lot to worry about? Not just recruiting, but once the kid gets on campus, there's still people in his ear. Yeah, constantly. It, it, it never stops. And so we, and we've talked about it a lot on here. It's like, I, I honestly think it's a very difficult job now at this point, like where we, we just discount it a lot because it's, they make so much money, but it's, man, it's like, you just don't get a chance to stop. Um, Max Johnson going to A&M thoughts on that because you know, Haynes King coming off an injury. Um, <sighs> Max Johnson is like, gone now. <laughs> Zach He's in the portal. Zach Calzada is just Zach Calzada is that scene from from old school when when they're doing the debate and Will Ferrell's like actually I'd like to take this one James if you don't mind and he just like rips off it's like whatever the fuck he was talking about and he's like what happened I blacked out yeah. that was fucking Calzada against Bama like what a, what a legend just just one and done good for you man and so Haynes King will assumingly come off off injury I've never been high on on Johnson just because he aesthetically he's not he's not very pleasing to the eye but he had really good numbers this year yeah i like him i i really wanted florida state to go try to get him but that didn't happen you want I, everyone to go to florida state because yeah we need better players chris jordan travis isn't that bad no he's not um, that bad if he had better receivers he would be actually pretty good i think um yeah i think it's a good pickup honestly it's yeah. and it seems like a pretty classic jimbo qb mm-hmm. um so I think that's yeah, good King was like a dual threat, some shit like like mm-hmm. that does not have Jimbo written all over it. No. I mean, Johnson had like twenty six touchdowns and six interceptions, and he did a, a lot of that without Keishon Butte. Mm-hmm. Um, but so really impressive. No more Johnson to Butte. I'm sad about that. <laughs> yeah, for real. What are we? Isn't there one more we're missing? Yeah, Marcus Banks. You know him, right? <laughs> I, I don't understand why you think like so. <laughs> little little like peel behind the curtain here. Um, we we're talking about this before we started recording, and Tyler was like, "Yeah, and Marcus Banks." And I was like, "Who the fuck is Marcus Banks? Is that the guy from Bad Boys?" And he was like, "Good thing we're not recording yet, dude. Everyone would be giving you shit." <laughs> Who is Marcus Banks? Is he play for? He plays for Bama, but he doesn't play. Well, he played for Bama. I now mean. he plays for Mississippi State. <laughs> oh, what a loss! I don't know. Um, didn't we give up like one of our one of their best receivers last year too? And he never did anything. Did it, did a Bama? Rich- the transfer to Tyrell him? Shavers, yeah. Okay. Remember, because Brandon Brandon Walker was like, he's six five, he runs a four four. Can fucking play it down. Um, but shout out to Marcus Banks. Uh, best of luck with your future. Uh, Tyon Evans left Tennessee after one year, pretty productive year. He transferred to what? Louisville. Yeah. I see. Uh, it's just too much, Tyler. It's just too it's, much. It's, Sean, it's, Sean Stivers also left Indiana. Um, that, Indiana for Sean Stivers. Chris Bogle Tough. left Florida, went to Michigan State. Um, down between Bama and Florida when he committed. Yeah, he, he hasn't really panned out like people thought. Yeah. Um, also, Mohamed uh, Diabate, or, or I don't know how to say why it. Would you, pretty good. Why would you do that? He's a pretty good linebacker. Pretty good linebacker for Florida. He's in the portal as well. So there's just a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot more movement. Um like I said, Emory Jones will eventually be in the portal yeah. after he plays this game. Um, I'm so, proud of your work ethic there by trying to pronounce that last name when you could have just totally Muhammad Di- the next Diabate. Yeah. Um, real quick, a, I have a conspiracy theory for you. I'm going to throw this out there. This was this was suggested to me today on the phone by um, somebody 
who is a lot more in the know than I am um, when it comes to SEC stuff. Uh, he mm-hmm. he is somebody she, you see on. Or she? I mean, no, it's a he. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to take advice from like a woman right now, like with where I'm at. Um, right. I'm kidding. Right. I, that's I've like all the advice. I've been needing um, advice from a woman. Yes, constantly. Uh, but he's like somebody you like you'll see covering games, right? Like he he's mm-hmm. every Saturday, and he just kind of offhand made this comment, and and I'm not going to say who it was or or what like the exact words were because um, we he asked me not to, but he made the point that this whole COVID situation that's going on at A and M. So A and M is like shut down right now, right? Okay, I didn't know this. Uh, yeah, I didn't either until today. Um, okay. I didn't even know the this whole. What's COVID? What is it? So apparently, it's when a daddy flu cell mm-hmm. has sex with another flu cell, but but in inside of a rat or a bat. Okay. Yeah, and then um, sounds like the government's trying to control our minds. Well, they are for sure. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, so so the whole point is he, he made this comment that was like he thinks that this is not necessarily um, something that wasn't planned from Jimbo, like not the like, COVID outbreak. Okay, okay. And, and, and like I we all thought Clemson hear- like intentionally got COVID in the off season so they could practice. Not that right. Or like Ohio State, they were trying to like postpone the national championship game because of you know an outbreak or whatever. And, and to be very clear, we're not accusing anyone of anything. It's just it's just speculation, conspiracy and, theory, and a conspiracy theory. But honestly, and I and I think you're the perfect person to fucking gas this up because you hate Jimbo. <laughs> but Jimbo is kind of Jimbo does a really good job of of like teetering on this line of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable mm-hmm. and then somehow always absolving himself from any kind of wrongdoing right you know what i mean like yeah, it, yeah. he had jameson winston as, as his quarterback and somehow n- yeah. nobody ever accused jimbo of anything it was just all Jameis. Right, right um anyway so so i say all that because he's kind of been a little bit like uh, first off calzado's gone Mm-hmm. Haynes King is not going to play. Your entire defensive line decided to leave. Um, I forgot who else. There was like They're another Wake, like, right? Wake, who's a very good offense. Yeah, and and your defensive oh, coordinator Elko also left. left. Yeah. I just wonder how much of this is like like you you absolutely want to be safe. And again, not accusing him of anything. And also, if if I am, who fucking cares? Because this is like what makes SEC football great. Like, right. Um, but like, I just wonder how much of this is like kind of. It's like when, when your friend calls you and you made plans with them and they're like, oh, dude, I don't know if I can make it. Like, dude, totally fine. Let's reschedule. Let's reschedule. And it's like the happiest part of your day because you've been stressing about yeah. actually having to hang out with somebody for like the last four hours. Um, that's kind of what I think this decision is because it's like, I mean, if you're, if you're Jimbo, you're riding this wave of momentum, like where, sure, you went eight and four, but you still beat Bama and then you close out like the year. Um, Losing to LSU. Like, but but nobody's talking about that because of what he right. did in the recruiting yeah. trail, right? Right. And and now everything is like you just skip over the fucking middle part of that season. It's just they beat Bama, and and they also have a great recruiting class. So I don't think I I don't know a lot about Jimbo Fisher. I what I do know from him and his behavior, he does not seem like the kind of guy that is going to 
willingly put himself in a bad light oh, to take criticism. Undoubtedly. Yeah. So, so is that game on the verge of being canceled? I have no idea about that. Um, but I, I think if it's Chibbo like, Fisher had his way allegedly. Yes. Well, but I think that they. I mean, I think they're we're going to see maybe A and M, maybe like more than one team opt out because apparently this Omarion uh, variant um, is really bad. The ice. I got my ice. What was that Omarion song? I got an ice box where my heart used to be. Um. So I don't know. I mean, like, I, it worries me because I don't want to see, I don't want to see bowl season go to shit. Yeah, I saw Miami's like their whole team is in COVID protocol right now, so it's it sucked for us to have to miss the Sun Bowl. Yeah, I mean, but seriously though, like it's yeah, the no, end no, of the it season. does. Yeah, you want games to happen, right? <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of games, I like that conspiracy theory. By the way, wouldn't put it past uh, Jimbo at all. I'll, I'll tell you what he really said off air, and you're gonna love it. All right, um, I can't believe that you're just in, sitting here in talks with Kirk Herbstreit, and he tells you this stuff. It is not Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> um, who you know who should, who could be getting in trouble? Uh, I don't want to say Dan Wilkins. I don't want to have my name attached to him. Hmm. It was Bo Nix. Bo Nix told me. <laughs> All right. Speaking of bowls, we got two to preview tonight. Um, I wasn't able to join for the interviews, but how how in depth did you get in the games with those those two guys? Uh, those, we forgot to talk interviews. about football for basically thirty minutes um, with the Mazadcast guys. Okay. Uh, so that was fun. But uh, Florida, we was a real quick interview with we had with Neil Blackman. Um, and, and he brought up some interesting points because he's a Florida guy. I didn't realize that this game is sold out. Why? Uh, exactly. Like, man, it, 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 like it's two, two teams from Florida playing in Florida, but that's just. So you would assume that. But also, like, you think about, like, Florida fans and the way they have dealt with this season and what they've had to go through emotionally with so much change, they're basically living in someone's basement right now, just waiting for like a new beginning. And Billy Napier shows up. Um, like UCF fans have been waiting for this for so fucking long. And according to Neil, um, his thoughts on it was, this is all you UCF fans. Because yeah. like, and, and what this is going to set up to be also is, I mean, UCF, he, he brought a stat that was, you know, he'll say it again on the, in the interview, but um, UCF has, in the last five years, they've won 10 more games in Florida, 24 more games in Florida State, and um, what was it? And I think 19 more than, than Miami. I mean, they have been the best program in the state of Florida, like hands down. And this has like Recently, one of these things written yes. – Yes. yes. No, no, like, like historically, um, dating back oh, to the yeah. 90s. Um, yeah. They beat Bama in 2001 so or 2000. Anyway, this is like a massive game for UCF and UCF fans. Florida fans are already starting to be like, it doesn't matter. We don't care. I said this when we played USF in the regular season back in like 2010 when we weren't even good uh-huh. yet. Um it's a, it's a lose lose. It's like fighting with your sister, like fist fighting your sister. It's like what? Well, it's just because like what is the win here for Florida? Like if you beat UCF, it's like of course you should beat UCF. But if you lose the UCF, you're like they get to talk shit about you in state for the rest of the years. And I don't care if it's a bowl game or not; they're going to talk shit. So th- what is the win? Why you're fighting your sister? Well, I was going to say girl, but you can't say that now. You 
<laughs> I was gonna say girl, but I was like, you know, I mean, girls are good at fighting too. You know girl. I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, no, yeah, but like I, honestly, if you, I get what you're saying. It's like the the peach yeah. thing. It, exactly. So, to me, this game is on. It's right. It's on Thursday, right? So we're we're skipping ahead. Mm-hmm. But um, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Um, Florida's a seven-point favorite. Um, I, so my thing on Florida is if they've cared about a game, they've actually performed decently well. Um, in all other games, they have been awful. And to yeah. me, you know, I know it's Emory Jones. You, you want to take a legend out, right? Um, but... Uh, but I don't see where Florida is going to be motivated to show up for this game um, at all. And you know, uh, Gus will be. Now they played inspired football, you know, in in Mullen's first game, not being there against Florida State, but that's against a rival. You know, right. it's at home. It's a bit different. These guys know they're not going to be playing for this staff ever again. I mean, they're no. moving on to a new era. Um, they were three and nine against the spread this year. They haven't covered Ooh. a game since October 9th. Um, UCF, on the other hand, they actually started, you know, they had Dylan Gabriel, who's, uh, yeah. you know, a big time name. He got, they were actually pretty bad to start the season. And then I told they, you they went five, they won five of the last six, um, including games that Gabriel was out for to finish eight and four. Um, they were also bad against the spread, by the way, three and eight against the spread, um, which is kind of weird considering they had eight wins, it, but is any part of you shocked that Gus miles on walked into a situation where he had, out of all the things he had at his disposal, he had one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country. He, he had an elite quarterback, at, at, like, just given to him. And, and by the end of the year, he's in the transfer portal, and they started out, like, shitty because he doesn't know how to adjust and any of that kind of stuff. Like, I, I, that was, like, the one thing I got right this year. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't – Gus seems to be losing it there already in, in year one. But we'll yeah. see. Um, so to me, this this one this one kind of terrifies me because Florida is a lot more talented, and if they do somehow play, like I wouldn't bet this if I was actually betting the games. Um, yeah. If it, I would say UCF plus seven would be the pick because I do think there's going to be a lot more UCF fans there. Um, but if Florida cares to win this game, and maybe they do because it's an in-state school and you're playing against guys you played against in high school, but. Um, if they do play inspired, then I think they they definitely cover the number. I think they're much more talented than UCF. It's just tough to meet for me to bet on them having any motivation in this game. So, yeah, my official um, pick for the pod is UCF plus seven. Okay, real quick, a, a better pick. I want to ask you over under on this. How many fights do we see in this game? Oh, I'd say like where flags are thrown. Mm-hmm. Over unders. Two and a half. Okay. I like that. That's fair. A lot of scrums, but actual like fights were fisticuffs. Yeah. I'd say I'm talking about full on, you're three. punching your sister right in her fucking face and, and just <laughs> there you go. whatever it is you do. <laughs> um, okay. Also, uh, you don't have we don't have to get super in depth with the, the bowl games. Um if you don't want. We because we have Christmas stuff to talk about. The other thing is opt outs too and transfer portal guys. Yeah. So like I know Zachary Carter opted out for Florida and Jacob Copeland it hit the portal. Uh, like I said, Diabate hit the portal as well. Um, Anthony Richardson is not playing in this game. He's He had a knee surgery, so portal bound. Portal Emory too, Jones right? will. What's up? 
He's in the portal too, though. Anthony Richardson. I don't think he is. I think he decided to come back. Okay. And tell Jack Miller maybe he'll maybe he'll go back in the portal. Maybe. Who Who is the third string quarterback at Florida, and why is he the saddest person? He's sadder than Marlowe this week because you had a guy who had knee yeah. surgery, and then Emory Jones was like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving," and then they were like, I'll "Just come this back." It's my time play. to shine. I'm gonna get to play in a bowl game. I'm gonna get a free backpack and a free TV and a Best Buy gift card, and I get to go play in a bowl game. And they're like, hey. "Like we're like on a break right now." <laughs> and then you just got replaced by Jack Miller from Ohio State. <laughs> tough, tough day for you. Um, so I'm not sure if Kyir Elam has opted out or not, but um, some of the top end talent for Florida will be out for this game. So yeah, yeah, pick is UCF plus seven. I'd love to get seven and a half if it's possible. Um, Mizzou and an army. I don't really want to break it down. I want to talk to you about something far more important. Okay, I'm gonna. I would. I'm gonna take army straight up. By the way, are you really? They're, I feel like they're favored, m- right? Uh, I feel like Missouri. Uh, are they favored? Let me see. Yeah, they're favored I think by. They're six a seven and a half. point favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that you know, without Tyler Beatty um, and Connor Bazelak's not playing, two of their right. better run defenders which that's all army does they run the triple option they're out for this game um you had some so i, I just well, think they were already that, bad on defense too and they yeah, yeah and they already bad. can't stop the run and i just think that um an army actually can stop the run pretty well and you're playing playing against the backup quarterback so i'll take you know why to, to tyler because like because the because these colors don't run right it's true all right so we won't break it down but the official pick is army um, no, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that. I feel bad that you did like you made all this effort in doing it because I want to talk to you about what I'm most excited about this bowl season, and that is um, the bowl matchup graphics that we're going to do. Um, I don't know if we're going to get through all 13 because it's going to it's a big undertaking, but it's one of my favorite things to do. And basically, if you follow us on social media, we we do this like mock breakdown of of each non conference game and, and bowl game for the SEC and whoever their opponent is. Basically, we just like find interesting facts and make jokes about you know their alumni and their their fan base and all that kind of stuff. So Mizzou playing Army, some in, some interesting stuff that I learned about um, Mizzou and Army's uh, alumni. First off, uh, like Army just basically taught everyone in the Civil War. Like they were in class and they're like, all right, you guys go play now. Very weird. Um, their stats were incredible. Uh, also, fun fact about Army, you know that they they require every student to participate in one sport while you're on campus, whether it's like collegiately, intramural, or club. Interesting. I yeah. know also, where the class ring was invented and the first civil engineering courses uh, that were offered in America. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, now let's get to Mizzou. Uh, multiple alumni with ties to Saddam Hussein. What? Yeah. Also, uh, uh, a porn star, which I thought was kind of funny. So I just threw it in there. I'm glad you asked, Tyler. <laughs> it is the this guy. It's like I clicked on this. I clicked on the name, and I was like, his name's like Cal Hal or something stupid, right? Um, he he looks like like uh, like if like 1917 came to life. Like it's, if you like somebody snapping their fingers on the side of the side of the street just came to life his name's Hal call and this trailblazer was into porn in like the 1920s and 30s which mm. could not have been very uh ahead of his time 
I, I can't imagine how bad the porn would have been, but probably a lot less sister stuff. Um, <laughs> it's just like everyone's like speeding up. It's just, oh, <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> um, that's fantastic. Uh, how did, how anyway, did they distribute it? I don't know. I mean, probably word of mouth. <laughs> like literally i guess i like anyway like oh he got a he, get, he did get a purple heart which i overlooked apparently anyway um in the army some no 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 in <laughs> in i think like blowjob school um anyway mizzou on the other hand we're gonna do this throughout bowl season because i just think it's so interesting looking at some of these alumni um multiple academy award winners john ham the hamaconda is has claire ever told you about that it's handsome handsome do you know what the Hamaconda is? There's been a lot. There's been way too much sex stuff on this episode. I mean, I can only guess. Yeah. So John Ham apparently, I I didn't realize this, but um, he's like a gray sweatpants legend uh, okay. in the eyes yeah. of women. Um, Brad Pitt also, he was there. Um, Sigma Chi. Oh yeah, Chi he's a Sigma Chi. Is that uh, here the creator? Of course, of, of course, there's Shore. a fraternity brother in the SEC named Brad. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, Tennessee Williams, it, his whole mm-hmm. life is like basically Tucson, Arizona. It's like I, you know his name, but you don't know why. And he's responsible for making the Glass Menagerie, one of my favorite Which albums. Yeah, fantastic. Um, anyway, so these are all the these are all the alumni. Uh, but I, I I kept looking, and there is a. There's like I said, multiple people that were um, that were related or associated with Saddam Hussein. You also have Max Scherzer, who has the eyes of a husky. Um, he went to for, he went to Missouri. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, like they're, they're also uh, his eyes are out. insane. Yeah, he looks like a husky. Yeah, they're different colors. Um, Tyron Woodley, the guy that just got knocked out. He's, I think he's still there. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So he's a, a very famous uh, coma patient for sure. Um, but my favorite part of this is they, they, they had this whole thing listed off. Right. And, and they'll have like, okay, here's um, athletes, baseball, entertainment. Cause Mizzou has a big journalism school. So there's like a bunch of people from ESPN, a lot of sports writers, like, like Pat Forty and all that kind of stuff. Uh, business, uh, the guy who started Panda Express, so fucking icon, uh, former president of Enron, which is just another icon, a very morally sound uh, business. Um, and then you scroll down to the bottom. This is my favorite part of doing this is there's always some fucking guy or girl that gives the school a bad name. And in this case, it is under other. And uh, it's Thomas Doty, who was the suicide bomber on a Continental Airlines flight from 1962. You know, I scrolled down this entire page, and there's a minimum 300 names, Tyler. He's the very last name. Of people that went to Mizzou? Maybe like 150. I don't know. Big journalism school. He's the last name. Just leave him off the fucking list. Yeah, I don't know know why you, you would announce that. Tom Hart didn't didn't make the list. Also, my favorite thing about armies was they had like a, just a shit ton of generals and military guys and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they they had this like list of of like generals from like the 1800s. And if you finished last in your class, they made sure to to put that on there. 
Like that was their claim to fame. Like other people would be like, he was big in like the war of 1812. And then like the next guy was like finished last in his class, which is like, bro, that happened like 160 years ago. Like let it die. <laughs> like what were y'all even learning? <laughs> it's like, anyway, that's all. Uh, what about Florida? Have you made Florida's yet? Um, no, I've done it in the past. Their, their alumni is actually pretty extensive. It's pretty cool. I told you about the, the astronaut thing, right? My favorite alumni there is EA. Aaron Andrews. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, She's I just didn't know. Very that nice many... woman, by the way. I'm not kidding. I met her in 2008. I had just graduated college. My buddy well, I was picking up side gigs, just like helping TV broadcasts. And I was on the sidelines yeah. for... Stutler? Yeah. Alabama Clemson. Remember that game? Uh, where... Yeah, 34 to 10. Yeah, um, and my job was just to carry around like a bunch of camera batteries in a backpack. Yeah, and like the guy that was just like getting like shots of the crowd and all that kind of stuff. Like he was like mobile with the camera. I would just follow him around, and then he would film Aaron Andrews. So I would stand next to her like while they were waiting to go to her, and she just she was just a very very nice woman. Just want to I just want to put that out there. I felt bad for her when she went through that whole thing. Awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done that yet. Thank you for reminding me because I have to do that tonight. Uh, real quick, we're gonna breeze through these, um, but we have some fourth and wrong answers or questions about Christmas in the podcast group. Okay. By the way, I saw uh, um, one of our listeners out on Saturday. We was caught up for a little bit. Like, did you know uh, him he beforehand? Was, he was. I did. Chris. His name Chris. Why is everyone hanging out with you? Nobody fucking hangs out with me. They just send me messages. Oh, we weren't hanging me. out. We I no. saw him at a, a an establishment. Oh, Chris Moss. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We hung out. It was his birthday we too. To, we talked about how uh, he was supposed to come on the podcast and he never did. It's fun. He's got to come on the podcast still. That's that's still gonna happen. <laughs> also, we should bring on everyone else that we talked about too after the Georgia game. We'll have to get a plan in place for what we're gonna do for uh, some of them. Were on the spaces that we did. Really. Some of the uh, voicemail like levers were on that oh. basis. Anyways. Voicemail levers. Okay. All right. All right. Fourth and wrong. Here we go. Um, do you do you have this in front of you? So you can. I do. Okay. You want to start? Let's do it. Um, besides Die Hard, this is from Ross. What other holiday movie? Die Hard's not a holiday movie, so I don't yes. particularly like this. But what other holiday movie that's non-traditional is on your must-watch list? Mine is Goodfellas and Godfather. Neither is about Christmas, but I always seem to watch them around the holidays. Hmm. Um, think about that. Yeah, that's tough. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I don't really. I like to watch like Christmas movies. Um. I get. I mean, I don't really have an answer for that. I can tell you what movies I hate to watch during December. Um. Like. What's what is it? Uh. Four Christmases. Does Richie Rich have a Christmas scene? Absolutely Love not. Rich. It's like literally in the middle of the summer. <laughs> that is a that is an underrated movie. Um, <laughs> just no Christmas in it at all. That like his whole fucking life was just like he had McDonald's in his room. Yeah, God, that was a great movie. That yeah. and Blank Check. Blank Check is so good. Let's just talk about Blank Check for a minute. Yeah, Listen, we just finished the pod talking about Blank Check. <laughs> Let's absolutely do it. Henry, the, 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 the limo driver, had the best advice I've ever heard in my life. And he said, um, 
listen, you can get yourself some, some nice clothes, get yourself a nice car. Um, learn to say words like non-committal. You're a date and a half. Listen, take her out to this, uh, take her out to like an all you can eat place. Women love that. Women love that. You, you show up and you got a little, uh, God dang it. I'm missing the line. He says, he goes, when you get there, line your pockets, a little Ziploc baggies. Cause it didn't say all you can eat here on the sign. Does it? No, no. Women love that. You get home, you got a couple of chicken wings and some celery in your pockets. <sighs> get yourself some nice clothes. Learn to say non-committal. You're a date and a half. The Macintosh. What, what a baller. So, you know, eight year old kid taking out a 40 year old woman. We were convinced that that was a, yeah, a lot of, lot of like, just a little strange, really a lot of statutory rape going on in, in movies when we were growing up. Yeah. Nobody cared. About um, it. now, but also we also were taught that a million dollars was like a lot at that point. That's true. He got a million dollar check and he just bought the entire world. Yeah. And he lived in a castle. That's, that's where I couldn't get past. I was like, Oh, this house has got to be pretty expensive. Right. Anyway. Um, that's a fantastic stuff. movies. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, he had the slide out of the castle. I mean, come on. No, it was it goes right into the. Oh yeah, yeah. No, okay, yeah, point check, point check. He had a he had a water slide that went right into his uh into the pool. Anyways, I want to watch it tonight. No, we, we no, won't, we, we'll do a, we'll do we'll do we'll do a couple more from from there because I don't want to actually end on blank check. I can't think of a All movie right. that's based around Christmas, but it's not a holiday movie. Yeah, I can't either. Um, I uh, I don't know. How many different people's homes should someone realistically be expected to go to on Christmas Day? This is a very good question from James Spivey, who has a he has a cross tattoo on his arm. Um, two, two max. And if you have divorced parents, like my the very one of the few things my dad ever did right. I don't think it was his decision, but that his family celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve. My mom's family celebrated on Christmas Day. There is nothing worse. Like I've I've, I've dated people before that. They also had divorced parents. And it's like, fuck, man. That's like that Four Christmases movie. You're going everywhere. It's awful. So two max. Yeah, I'm the same way. I uh, Now that I'm married with kids, like even two is a lot. Like I would much rather do the Christmas Eve and then Christmas. And, yeah. and that way it's like at least separated by a day. But trying to do both on the same day, it's terrible. Oh, my God. And also, like, there's a point during Christmas Day that kind of like everything just kind of it's like you're coming out of a drunk. It's like, oh, now it's just two o'clock. Now I'm just here. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> what's your preference with eggnog? Brandy, Fireball, or Maker's Mark? There's not been... I have put some terrible things in my body in my life. I have never had a sip of eggnog. Okay. I'm a big bourbon guy. Um, especially yeah. when it pertains to eggnog. I've never thought about putting fireball in eggnog. Probably would never do it. Um, let's see. Rolling down the list here. We got some good ones. Yes, Wes says, why do people think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? It's obviously not. Absolutely agree. I completely disagree with that. Um, also, Die Hard 2 is better than Die Hard 1. Die Hard 3 took a very weird turn. Um best and worst christmas cookie i like so i used to make sugar cookies and just only use like the little gingerbread man and then i would decorate mm -hmm. them in like uh as like players like for bama and then i would or as like my friends favorite teams and i would i would make them and, and hand them out to all my friends if this is like cookies that you leave for santa 
then I've always gone traditional chocolate chip. If you're just talking about like cookies during Christmas time, really love gingerbread cookies, especially homemade ones where you put the icing on them. Fantastic. Got those in my house right now. Yeah. Like red velvet cookies. My okay. favorite cookie of all time, though, is the double doozy. What's the double doozy? Do you ever go to those cookie places in the mall? And they have the great American cookie. Yeah, they had the sugar cookie that was covered in sprinkles. Then there was a cream in the middle, and there was another cookie on the other side of it. Oh yeah, double doozy. Like a dry ice cream sandwich. I miss the days. Um, uh, I miss the days when I would go to the mall and hang out for like five hours. Dude, that was like the one thing about working at Houston's. Like when I had like a two or three hour break i'd be like oh, i'm gonna go to the gym like now i'm gonna go to fucking belk and look at all the tommy bahama shirts and laugh at the puns go to spencer's gifts get a poster no i didn't do that <laughs> um <laughs> all right reed cousin says wait uh, reed cousin says um hold on fill in the blank all i want for christmas is blank i'll go first all i want for christmas is for stetson to stub his toe so we can get some good qb play or maybe to know what dirt he had on Kirby for starting him. I will say this. If you think Stetson, a stub toe, is going to keep him from starting, you are definitely wrong. It's going to be COVID. Yeah. You, did you see this? Um, JT, JT Daniels has COVID. I didn't know if that, was like, if that was accurate or not. I've heard like the rumors. Also, all I want for Christmas is my fucking dogs. I just want to see my dogs. That's all. Oh. Everyone knows that. Um, all I want for Christmas is some free time. You want to just like come hide out of the basement? Turn your phone off and you just like, <laughs> dude, it's like the best nap place ever. Rich, Rich does not like it when you take naps, but I don't care. Well, maybe me and Rich can hang together and watch the Florida State Bowl game. They on a bowl? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> next one. Weirdest present or moment from a past Christmas. I got a crossbow one Christmas and proceeds to shoot it into a light pole. That's from Zach Woodhurst. That sounds like a lit fucking Christmas. Uh, Who got you me- a crossbow? There's a kid in my middle school that shot his him and his stepdad shot his dad with a crossbow and then he was on the run. Hold on, you don't just like offhand give somebody a fucking crossbow without them being into crossbows. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's a little aggressive gift if someone was like, "Hey, I was like I, hoping for a Best Buy gift card and you get a crossbow." Yeah, hey, I got you a Game Boy game. Do you have a Game Boy? That that Paper makes Boy, more sense. Me? Yeah, here's a here's a fucking here's like a medieval times weapon. It's just like, have at it, Hoss. Um, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a weird present. My, mine is mine is uh, my girlfriend, if you want to call it that, in sixth grade gave me boxers in front of my parents, which is strange. Ooh. They didn't like that. I told my mom that I thought Mariah Carey was hot one year, and she proceeded to get me three Mariah Carey CDs. Uh, a VHS of her live at Madison Square Garden and a poster. And the poster was taken away within a week. Speaking of awkward posters and moms involving the posters, I have a story. When I moved into the dorms my freshman year, I had a poster. uh, You may remember it because it was on sale at Spencer's Gifts of Jenna Jameson and Brianna Banks cuddling each other. I think I was hanging out with fucking Spencer's. Who's Brianna Banks? Okay. Is this like one of those things where you guys try to act like you don't know who she is? No, I really don't know who that is. She was I'm big it. in the time of Jen Jameson. Okay. And uh, I had the poster on my wall, 
And as I was like out, my other one of my other random roommates moved in and his parents or like his mom saw that and she like taped over the poster. Like she taped a shirt over the poster. That made me angry. Yeah, it could. I mean, yeah. First off, like peeling the tape off the poster is going to fuck it up. I never even met her. I never even met her. Yeah. And I never that's did not again. your poster, lady. Yeah. You, if you want to go spend your fucking hard-earned money at Scholastic Book Fair, then then you can do that. Brianna Banks, no. the goat. Um, throat goat. Okay. Let's do two more. <laughs> that's, and we'll, that's Nancy Rankin. I know. Um, <laughs> stuff you hated as a kid. This is from Alex Chance. Stuff you hated getting as a kid but actually enjoy as an adult. I actually don't mind getting socks, underwear, etc. I'll say that my mom does this tremendous job of she will get um she like her, her stocking stuffers she gets like everything you could possibly need for like a full year like like mouthwash toothpaste Gloss. deodorant like all that kind of stuff and it's actually and then like she also has like candy and all that shit so like that's like one of my favorite things because it's just i mean you're just stocked up for forever and then there's like something cool about like the presents are awesome, but it's something cool about seeing stuff coming out of the stocking, right? Like, cause you can already yeah. see the presents. Um, she always does a really good job with that. Does, so, did Santa, does Santa wrap your gifts or bring them unwrapped? Santa's not fucking real. Whoa. Just like love. Um, I'm kidding. I, what do you mean? No, he, he wraps the gifts. What? I guess you didn't hear Santa's bell in the polar express. Cause you don't believe I've never seen that. Um, I, I will tell you the I'm trying to think I was I was going to say maybe we should do like a warning like hey we're going to talk about this but I don't think anyone should listen to this podcast with a kid around so <laughs> No, absolutely not. I think everyone <laughs> probably learned that lesson a while ago. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think. Uh what else I hate as a as a kid? I don't I mean I don't really mind the socks thing. I just don't like my mom getting me underwear. I just like getting clothes in general cuz I don't typically buy clothes for myself. So like it's right. the only time that I get new clothes is at Christmas. So I have a hell of a lot of shit for winter, not very much stuff for summer. Yeah, that's fair. How many how many pairs of slippers do you get? That's like a that's I get how many pairs of year. slippers? Yeah. I don't get slippers that much. No, my mom's a big slipper giver. I think she's Steinmart was down the street. All right, one more. If you were to send a Christmas or holiday cameo featuring literally anyone. Uh, living or not, real or fictional, to someone you know as a gift, who would you send it to? Who would it feature? And why? And yes, I may have just seen a cameo commercial during the USC Stanford game. Go Cox. This is from Laura. Oh, Laura Doyle? Yes. Might be a South Carolina podcaster soon. Um, So, sober me would be different than drunk me. For sure. I think the drunk me cameo would be a lot more uh, vengeful. Would you just send a cameo of yourself? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. the gift. For Should we sure. get on cameo? Um, Should me and you go on cameo? 50 cents. I, I don't want to. 50 cents. <laughs> like the, that'd be like the worst part of it. Like, I don't want to like go on there and be like, somebody paid us $3. We have to say happy birthday to them. Um, so I can't imagine cameo- myself making a cameo right now. I couldn't take myself seriously. Hey, what's up? Daryl, it's me, T. Huck, from the College Football Uncensored Podcast, just wishing you a happy birthday. I hope that Todd doesn't go down this weekend against Cincinnati. Peace, brother. You practiced this. This is good. <laughs> See, I, I, would, I would just have to be like, like, 
this fucking dog. Um, I would probably send. We gotta get on cameo. <laughs> no one's gonna pay for it, and that's gonna be such a shot to my fucking confidence. Be like, listen, for four, like that. That is like the ultimate. Like, if you're not famous, that is the ultimate. Like, um, oh yeah. Hey, listen, I-, I rented you for an hour. You're gonna be here for a fucking hour, clown. Yeah, like and you make me a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, you better play the hits. I, I would probably. God dang it. I don't know. I mean, I would probably do something stupid to be honest. Like, like, like kid rock or some shit. Like, like, like I, I just tell you about when I met Chris angel mind freak. No, I was like hammered in Vegas. It was like a one o'clock in the afternoon. And I walked by and I was like, that's, and it was definitely crazy. him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he was like walking towards like his like whole thing. And it, we were like the edge of like, some we did it disappear. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you just, uh, Chris angel. Because he spells his name like a slur anyway. And he was like, yeah. yeah, man, I am. And I was like, dude, I'm a big fan. Big fan. And I'm like, there's no reason for me to do this. And he was like, oh, really? Thanks, man. I was like, no, not even fucking close, dude. And then just like walked off. Just like, fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> like, that, rem- no that, reminds me, that reminds me of a TikTok I saw this week. This guy was like, um, he, I don't know where he was, but there was like a lot of people around. And he's like filming himself. And he's like, he like leans over as he's doing the selfie. And it's Joel Osteen. And Joel Osteen's oh, like, yeah. just doing the smile. And he goes, hey, you're a real piece of shit. <laughs> Joel Osteen's <laughs> like, shit, ah, right? okay. <laughs> and then the guy's like, he just goes to the crowd. He's like, am, am, am I right? Am I right? It was just hilarious. If you can find it, go find it yeah. on TikTok. That was um, good. That was good stuff. Have you ever re-gifted yeah, a gift have been busted by the recipient? I don't want to do all these. There's some no. good questions in here, though. No, I've never. Oh, this is real quick. Before we close out, who the hell is gifting $100,000 luxury cars to their spouses for Christmas? And how does this happen? enough to justify advertisements for it. That is a level of rich. I want to be so badly because um, I, I had like a similar situation that this year where I was, I was given a Hyundai um, after I was told to sell my car, but then, then it was taken back and then sold. So it, was like the, it was like the opposite. Get like the big bow on it. No, 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 no. no. Um, There's just a, like, a, a pile of dog shit in the back. See, yeah, but that was, I mean, like, that wasn't even from our dogs. I just threw that right. in there when I gave it back. So, right. um, there's some tools in the trunk, which was cool, but I mean, yeah, that was about it. Um, yeah, I don't understand this, man. And also, like, how is that a fucking surprise? Like, th- there's just logistically, it makes no sense to me. And I'm, I, I just, I, I hate, every- first of all, I don't know where you get those bows either. Where do you get that fucking bow and hide it? That's true. That bow's like as big as a dinner table. It's as big as the fucking car, Tyler. Well, I've never seen one as big as a car. Come on. What you, the, cover the entire car in a bow? Just put yeah, it on the top. All right. Listen, I want to close <laughs> out with... That's what they do. Uh, let's close out with this. Um, Kid Rock came out with a, a new song that he covered from Trace Adkins called Alla Fucking Bama. And I had to listen to it today, so all of you should have to listen to it. It's terrible. It is terrible. Um, but he didn't have to do that for us, and he did, uh, which was, you know, just, I think, speaks volumes of Kid Rock as a man. Well, so. we appreciate it, Kid. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mr. Rock. All right. Um, all right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Rock. <laughs> uh, hey, the next time we record will be after Christmas. So everybody, if you celebrate it, have a great and Merry Christmas. We yep. appreciate you listening to the podcast all year long. It's been fun. We'll have more after Christmas, obviously. A lot, yeah. uh, Enjoy your holiday, and we will talk to you soon.
Uh, last thing, DMs are open. Anyone that needs to talk, tough time of year. I totally get it. If anybody needs to talk, reach out, all that good stuff. Love you guys and, and Merry Christmas. Except for the for fucking Bonex. It's time for an interview. All right. We are now joined by a, a good friend, a coworker, all the above. Um, you know, all positive traits except for your fanhood, which is big Florida guy, Neil Blackman. How are you, man? Doing well. Doing well. It's, uh, it's almost Christmas, you know, getting in the spirit, getting ready for bowl season. That's big. Yeah. Um, let me, you said spirit. Let me ask you a question real quick. It, does it ever weird you out when they have the Christmas songs? Like, um, what's the one where it's like, it says something about they're going to they're gonna tell scary ghost stories and tales from the glories of Christmas past. I've never done that in my fucking life. And I'm 35 years old. There's not one Christmas where you've told ghost stories. Yeah. I don't understand. Like some of these things I don't like. Have you ever built a gingerbread house? Yeah. Okay. Like when you were like 10 though, right? Well, actually, um, one of our listeners oh, got no. me a gingerbread house with a corgi in front of it. Um, love this dude <laughs> to death, but he, he, sent, he sent me that and he said, I just figured you could have a piece of your heart back, oh. send message, and then follow it up with, uh, oh. even if you eat it, even if you eat it. <laughs> okay. But no, I, I, have not, I have not done that in a minute. It's been a very long time. <laughs> yeah i mean some of so some of these things that are like in the you know the like what the lifetime or hallmark whatever the movies are um yeah you know i mean some of that's so like who does any of that who has time first of all who has time for that half these right. movies they like go home for christmas like four weeks before yeah <laughs> like, like I, i'm back for like seven hours i'm like i can't fucking stand being around my family i gotta go if i have to hear tucker carlson say one more thing i'm gonna freak out um <laughs> And also most of like the food traditions are like purely homeless people shit. It's it's like fruitcake, chestnuts roasting over open fires, eggnog, which is just yeah. milk bourbon. It's disgusting. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we've uh, we've done a really good job of already being on topic. Um, wanted to bring you on because the the Gasparilla Bowl, one of the yeah. biggest bowl games every year in, uh, in like on December 23rd. That's what they say. Um, just history and tradition galore. You can throw out the record books. Uh, no, no one says that. Florida and and UCF playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. It's sold out, by the way. I heard today. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, UCF people have been. It's so weird because their administration has not been eager to play the game, but their fans have. Um, yeah, always. Yeah, so you know if if. If Gators fans think that it was their Tampa people, which is like obviously a huge Gator area, but yeah, if, if Tampa Gator people that bought those tickets, they're sorely mistaken. This will be a a lot of UCF people Thursday night. Man, like honestly, they've they've grown on me, and like their fan base is pretty great because they they honestly like they're like a they're like a dickhead version of Auburn fans. Like they, they are too stupid to insult. Like, cause they just, they love their school. No matter what you say, they're like, I don't, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. We had a fake national title. What of it? Like, I mean, and, and they're all, most of them are all in good shape, which is just like, kind of pisses me off as an SEC fan. Just like if you're, if you're wearing tank tops constantly, like, you know, on a Tuesday, it just blows my mind. But anyway, that, that game, it, like very odd close to the the year. I mean, just very odd year in general for Florida um, stuff that we, you know, if we would have told ourselves in the beginning of the season or even after the Bama game, um, what was going to end up happening towards the tail end. 
I don't know if any of us, any of us would have believed it um, unless Mullen was literally in the Darth Vader costume, because then that would, that would probably give us like a hint. Um, thoughts on Mullen leaving thoughts on the new hire, obviously. And, and thoughts on like this kind of breath of fresh air uh, in Gainesville. Yeah. I mean, I think so a lot there. Um, yeah. I see like eight questions. That's my bad. No, cool. You know, cause you're right. If you, cause Florida, not only did Florida play Alabama in one of the better games of the, of the season, really. Um, and then went out and just beat the daylights out of Tennessee who turned out to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the wheels came off more or less when they went up to Lexington and, and Josh Pascal blocked field goal. And that was pretty much it. And, you know, I think, I think that the roots of all this though started, I mean, it's kind of cliche now, like the shoe throw, but so much of this goes back to the end of last season and the LSU yeah. game, not just Marco Wilson throwing a shoe, but like, and then not being held accountable for it at all and starting the SEC championship game. But, right. but, you know, Kyle Pitts saying at the NFL combine that he could have played against LSU and that Mullen yeah. held him. And, <laughs> Gave him like a know, mental health day. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you held your first team all American tight end out of the LSU game. Cause you thought you were going to win no matter what, like what right. there's not, there's not an elite forget the Nick Saban stuff. There's just not an elite coach in America that would do that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Cause like he really, the resting on the laurels part is the kind of stuff that has come to light and you're, and you're like shocked, but also not shocked. we got a one point game over here. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I think, I think that it all starts there. Uh, and mm-hmm. then treating the cotton bowl, like, Oh, you know, it was so funny. Cause he said, well, that was the first game for the 2021 Gators oh at the press. God. It's like, well, indeed it was because you just lost by five touchdowns to Oklahoma. Who, right. Who, right. Who didn't even win the big 12. In hey, you know, you hear so many times too, like, especially like some, like a new hire. It's like, you got to win the press conference when the pre- Dan Mullen never won a single fucking press conference in his life. Like, it, like besides maybe the cigar smoking thing with Nick Fitzgerald, that's yeah. about it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, there's, it's so easy to point out, like you said, it's a cliche about the shoe throw game, but there's so many factors that were involved in that, that we don't even discuss because of the shoe throw. Like you got a true freshman starting on the road. They had like 48 scholarship players or something stupid, right? It, like yeah, 52, but still yeah. ridiculous. I mean, still ridiculous. And then like you have the, the offense, like, I don't know. It, like, I'm not, I don't want to like open up old wounds or anything like that, but it was just kind of odd to see how, how like the, I wouldn't say like the trajectory. Cause obviously it was just going downhill fast, but um, Napier comes in. A lot of Florida fans are obviously excited. Like as you're always going to be. Um, he had a quote uh, that I love uh, scared money. Don't make money, which is yeah. like, I mean, fantastic. <laughs> um, but also like makes a big splash on signing day already gets a five-star like the commitment he's forcing the university to make to the program, I feel like is, is bigger than anything involved. What, what are your thoughts on him and his like initial, you know, first month? Yeah. I mean, that's so what Florida needed and we can throw all the shade we want on Dan and it's easy. I mean, the dude looks like cousin Eddie and never yeah. win press conference. Right. So right. it's a bad combo on all those fronts. Like he has cool shoes. I'll give him that. Like it's awesome. Yeah, but won. those aren't even his man. He's like, yeah, I can't believe no. wearing Jordans with fucking khakis. He, he couldn't even 
couldn't even wear his like Yeezys once he was at Florida because of the Jumpman stuff. Um, so what, whatever. I mean, they needed Dan could compete with people 12 to 13 times a year. Right. And what mm-hmm. Florida is somebody that can compete with Kirby smart, like the other 352. And right. that, that's what Billy Napier, uh, is, is I think going to do. And, and, you know, it's it, you, cause you've pointed out like some of it's the staff overhaul or the people he's bringing, mm-hmm. just bringing in like Georgia's going and poaching Georgia's like director of recruiting. Yeah. Uh, and then making kind of a big deal of it. Did Alabama win? Um, no, they fucking lost. They missed an extra of uh, a free throw down by one with four seconds to go. Well, we didn't even lose to David, man. We lost to David's son. It's not, <laughs> fucking worst. Uh, um, you know, so I think there's that the staff and all the army that he's building is great. Um, the fact that he kind of that he's a guy that cares about football 365 days a year, which is a requirement now in the sport. If if yeah. you want to be in college football's elite. Um, and just like you pointed out, the administrative commitment. I mean, Scott Strickland is a great fundraiser. Um, he's a much better fundraiser. He's better at that portion of the athletic director job than the other stuff. Right. Um, and he was hired. A lot of people don't know this, but he was hired in part because Florida needed that. They needed to raise money to improve their facilities and to catch up with the rest of the conference. Um, How's that possible? You'll have 60,000 students down there. Like, I don't understand. It makes yeah. no sense to me, but, but yeah, that is, that is the state of where the program was, as you've said. Yep. 55,000 students and the biggest endowment other than A&M uh, in the, in the league. Um, and just so far behind. So Strickland did, did that job and was doing that already, but Napier, you know, he had budgetary demands. We're going to, we need a recruiting budget that is equal to Georgia's. Um, we need a standalone recruiting office, which I don't think is a huge deal, really. Like the money's way, way more important, but yeah. Right. It's the money that you're allocating, not the building. Um, right. You know, he's, he hired five more analysts than Mullen ever had on staff already. Wow. Um, and I, I like the coaching staff that they're putting together. I mean, I was talking to Connor about that a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, like Kiri Colbert, uh, who won a natty at Southern Cal and like, I mean, it's going to be new for him to come recruit the the East coast, but he was a big time guy that landed recruits out there. Um, you know, just bringing in people like that just shows that, that they mean business. And then obviously, uh, the thing about Kamari Wilson, who you mentioned should be the last thing I would say here is that it wasn't that they just landed a five-star and made a splash. It's that they right. landed a f- from the state of Florida. Right. Alabama and Georgia have, and Clemson, to be honest, have had their way in the state of Florida mm-hmm. for five years. And so if Florida, and I'll include Miami because I like the Mario Chris Flyer, if Florida and Miami yeah. want to compete in the upper echelon of college football consistently again, not just when they have Kyle Trask and like Kyle Pitts, Um, they have to stop the bleeding like Jerry Judy who grew up with pictures of Tim Tebow on his wall. Like my man, I mean, think about how many Heisman finalists from Bama alone, Henry, Amari Cooper. I I mean, Mac, Mac, I mean, it's crazy. 
that group an hour away and, and, you know, went to, to camp where like Tebow spoke. I mean, this is the kind of, like, this is all ridiculous. So that's the kind of stuff that Napier was like, look, we've got to stop this. We've never landed an IMG kid. Well, we're going to go get one, but, but more importantly than landing an IMG kid, because a lot of those kids are from everywhere. Right. Uh, I like Nolan Smith's from Savannah. Mm -hmm. You could go line, but, but this kid's from Fort Pierce where years and years and years you went to Florida. If you were a star from that town. Right. Well, Wilson does. And I think it's just the beginning and what I'm enjoying about it. Like the fan part of me is enjoying seeing some of the George reactions to it, like calling it Butch Jones light or that is so fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, they sound like Florida fans when Georgia hired Kirk. Like they're in you. They're in total fucking denial, Chris. Right. There, it's it's like when when Georgia hired Kirby, any Gator fan that was smart knew deep down in their stomach that shit was about to get real. Right. And Georgia fans are going to figure that out awful quick. Yeah, you know, honestly, like Kirby kind of like like you know, I don't want to say leaked out the secret, but it's like the secret is not anything about like Mullen's a great X's and O's guy. You know, and I understand why he would be so confident that he didn't need to prepare as much. I mean, like I do that all the time. I did it all throughout college, man. Um, yeah. But like at some point, you kind of like when everyone else around you is like, you know, head down, focused. Like, I mean, and honestly, I'm I would not be cut out for that job. It's it just it takes so much commitment and so much focus, and, and you have no time for like your family, fun, any of that kind of stuff. But Napier coming in and like and landing the five star, like you said, like all the stuff that that Mullen didn't do and and he's doing seems like so simple. Like, yeah, we <laughs> should have the we you're Florida, you should have like the best facilities are near the top, and like you know, and then yeah, I mean that part alone is it just blows my mind. But yeah, man, I, I think that um, what worries me about Napier the only the only potential downside is like. In a, you guys had three years. You had like a window of three years or so where you had no competition in the state, which is like unheard of in that state. Yep. And to not be able to take advantage of that, it, it, it like worries me that they couldn't further, you know, get further ahead. Yeah. Um, because like, like you say, Napier's got to come in and stop the bleeding. Like you guys went <laughs> to a New Year's Six Bowl for three years in a row. Like that is not what you thought like the, the you know, diagnosis would be. So anyway. Yeah. 100% true. And, you know, I do think Cristobal complicates that mm-hmm. even more. And it's not like Kirby and, and Saban are just going to be like, oh, well, Florida cares now. So we're not going to recruit South Florida anymore. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. So, yeah. um, you know, he's got to deal with that. And he's also going to deal with the insane. I mean, most SEC fan bases are, are insane and demanding, but Florida is just particularly, you know, batshit in the sense that yeah. they did your six bowls and like just the, the, you know, things were in flames after the cocktail party. Uh, you you, you guys also- are three years removed from your coach fucking a shark in the off season, yeah. allegedly, <laughs> and then faking death threats and going four and seven. They were like, absolutely not. This is not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Florida, Florida opens the year with Utah next season and then goes. Oh, really? And then they play Kentucky. Those are their first two games. So, like, wow. You know, if they start 0 and 2, which I think is certainly possible, uh, I mean, you know, how much rope does the fan base really give? give the guy when I really think it's going to be a Saban or smart like first season 
where he's installing his his process, right? His program, his way or the highway. Like, you know, I mean, if Florida goes seven and five next year, I, I think that that's positive for Napier. Yeah, uh, if he's as serious about culture change as he says he is. Yeah, the, like having the fans buy into that is like it's never easy trying yeah. to minimize expectations for any fan base. I mean, like, dude, I remember. I mean, people. I remember in 2013 after the Iron Bowl and the Kick Six, Bama fans, a very select few, uh, saying Saban should be fired because he wasn't a good coach; he was only a good recruiter. So it's. I mean, it's fucking people are crazy everywhere. But um, real quick, give me a prediction on that um, on the Gasparilla Bowl, um, and then we will uh, we will sign off. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I, course, I'm I'm picking UCF to win the game, and then Florida fans to. Like I think Twitter Thursday night, like from about ten to midnight, is going to be so much fun. Because just fans talking about how like losing a game to Central Florida doesn't matter, but and it just, does. And and just being in total denial of the fact that like if UCF wins this game, not only are they state champs and twenty seventeen national yeah. champ, but they've also won ten more games than Florida has in the last five years, twenty four more than Florida State. And uh, 19 more than Miami. I mean, yes. you're talking about a program that's running laps around the big three. Right. And, you know, and they can still say, well, we're Gus Malzahn. We're going to the big 12. Gus has his flaws, but he certainly competed with Nick Saban better than yeah. buddy. Like, you know, and we, we've got a big boy money at our school. Like UCF isn't going anywhere. So right. make fun of this loss at, at your own risk. I'm going to make fun of it either way. So um, I appreciate it, dude. We are, we have to go right into another interview here with these guys from Missouri. So that should be a blast. Um, but no, man, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you soon. And, uh, and, and thanks again. Thanks buddy. Final segment of the show. All right. We are now joined by um, honestly, one of my favorite accounts on social media, which is saying a lot because it's uh hold on. We got We got somebody joining the chat right now. This is like fucking, this is like WWE shit. <laughs> we just started the interview. You know what? We're going to roll with it. Brandon, um, nice of you to join us. We were worried sick, and we just started recording. Here we here I am. Uh, my brother Colin should be here shortly. I am here. Oh, I'm already here. Yeah. Hi, I'm last then. <laughs> yes. You sure are. Yeah. All right. um, great setup, though. That's yeah, nice. isn't that lovely? In lieu of my yeah. And what a voice, by the way. I, I don't know mm. if I have like a, like a fear or if I'm just extremely turned on, but either way, it's great. Really, well, really appreciate it's, it's, that partially seasonal cold slash possible COVID slash uh, whiskey. Okay. They can take most of that. (laughs) Perfect. Um, All right. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves because I'm already confused since you guys came out, like I said, Royal Rumble style. Um, And, and just kind of tell the audience about yourselves. And like, I've raved about the Zodcast on here before, which my boss is apparently is frowned upon. Um, (laughs) But no, just um, just kind of give give yourselves a little background info and, and and tell the audience who you guys are. Why don't you go first? Go Colin? Okay, <laughs> I'll do it then. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're brothers. I'm Brennan Anthony, Colin Anthony. We've done this show since 2014, and I th- I don't know at the time. Maybe there was a podcast for Mizzou off and the on. Mizzou, I don't- the Mizzou like an athletic department had like four episodes for like. 10 seconds and that was the only podcast at that time that it had existed uh like and, it, and it had already stopped my buddy only listened to like mckernan or something like that or tim mckernan what's his name 
Like it was all radio stuff. There wasn't actually any podcast. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah no, sure. And and so we were like, hey, we can do that. We we like Mizzou and we want to do a podcast and know how to do it. And at that time, there was a huge kind of barrier to entry. Like it wasn't as easy to get into podcasting back yeah. in 2014. Because and so it's like we. Weed. Yeah, yeah, unnecessarily difficult to obtain. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've been around for a long time. Um, we're very, we we polarize the Mizzou um, sports community because we say naughty words. We're you know it's a podcast. We can be explicit. Yeah. So we always wanted to kind of just be a regular fan type podcast and never hide that part of it. So, um, but because we've been around longer than a lot of the local media then I think we, everybody knows who we are and we're right. part of the scene. That's cool. So hold on. They get upset about your language? Oh, uh, yeah. And well, when we're not afraid to come after people too. I mean, okay. uh, if we were, we can be a little reactionary <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and more than anything, like we, like currently we have, we have Twitter beef with like another Mizzou covering, you know, whatever media outlet or whatever you call it, because they right. have, you know, they, they've been propping up our basketball coach forever. And so, which now, is not but, ideal, man. That guy is, oh, what a fucking yeah, awful exactly. product That's to been watch. Our contention. That's been our contention yeah. for some time. And they, uh, so they finally got on board with it, but they're pretending it's something brand new. And anyway, yeah. it's, but <laughs> it becomes, we are, like I said, we're polarizing, I guess, is Britain. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Said much more succinctly. Sophomore and polarizing. Yes. There you go. Good <laughs> deal. But um, the funnest of the podcast in the, in our uh, Mizzou world, I'd say. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. Um, I, I've, I've always said like the zoo is like, for whatever reason, they are shit on so unnecessarily every single season. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, of course, like the geography um, doesn't help, but also that first season. And I will like just defend this to death, but like coming into the sec when everyone already thinks you're going to fail and losing literally your entire fucking offensive line and like the six man of that like rotation and then having to start a season was um, probably the worst fucking thing that could have happened. I feel like it's like not the best uh, first impression. Yeah. I think that when we came into the sec, we quickly realized that sec fans love sec football, but are indifferent Mm -hmm. to all other college football. And so next to no knowledge about who we were, or even what the big 12 was about and, or the fact that we had had a pretty good 10 year run of being a successful football team. You know, number one in the country, like five years prior. Right. And so anyway, we saw, yeah, we did have an empty cupboard going into It's a very, Mizzou thing to happen. So we, our, our, you know, introduction to the SEC was sort of a flop. And I think that hung on to Mizzou fans for a long time, wanting to prove themselves no. until the two SEC East titles in 2013 and 2014. And I think that helped Mizzou fans sort of get comfortable, even with some of the, like, you don't belong in the SEC talk. They've kind of taken ownership of that now. Um, I think yeah. a lot of the fan base has anyway. And uh, but, but winning those two uh, divisions and back-to-back sure helped. Yeah, I mean, honestly, those are those teams too, man. Like they just so talented on the defensive line. Um, I, like, I mean, obviously, what's uh, what's his name? Michael Sam was a linebacker, but like Shane Ray was just like, like I mean, he put up like a ridiculous season, just kind of went unnoticed. Um, and who was the quarterback? Marcus was it Golden. Franklin? Marcus Golden. Yeah, another one. You guys um, had like, go ahead. No, no, yeah, Franklin was the quarterback in the the championship years. 
that was like a stretch where you guys had like three straight quarterbacks that had started for 11 years apiece and <laughs> were just obnoxiously efficient. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly like I, I liked Pinkle. Um, you know, I've, I've followed you guys like since I guess I, I've told this before my favorite game day moment ever that 2007 game against Kansas um, in, in Kansas City. I will never forget this. Like they go to the first, you know, segment and somebody's holding up a giant picture of Mark Mangino's fat fucking face, just this massive <laughs> face. And they go to commercial and they come back and they hold up the sign again. And, and the guy next to him holds up this giant fucking cupcake and he just starts <laughs> slamming it into the side of his mouth. And I was like, oh my God, it was incredible. Um, you know, moving on from Pinkle, uh, moving on from, you know, Drew Locke and, and that whole little end of an era. Drinkwitz is like, I don't want to say revitalized because I, I don't have a, a finger on the pulse of, of Mizzou football up there, but it, what he's been able to do in such a short time, like getting a signature win against LSU game one, uh, I think it was game one, um, the, the recruiting he was able to pull off on last Wednesday. And and like you guys have finished around 13 in, in the conference for, I want to say like seven of the last nine years. Um it's just an incredible job already and putting money back in the facilities. What are your thoughts on, on what he's been able to do and where the ceiling's at for that? Go ahead, Colin. Well, I think everybody's, I mean, it's hard not to be optimistic about uh, Drankowitz. He's got a, uh, oh, he's a, he's a, got a good personality. He's uh he sort of exudes confidence despite what he looks like. And um, he is kind of uh, a Mizzou thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? Like, <laughs> He, uh, but he's obviously got everybody excited, because, especially because of recruiting. I mean, he, we've gone to a bowl game two years in a row under him, which doesn't seem um, all that impressive. Unless, but the, bear, the last couple of years of the Barry Odom era were, I mean, it was getting pretty rough. And so, oh my God, I forgot about Barry Odom. I was bringing up Pinkle the whole time. <laughs> he, uh, he is, um, but he is a uh, breathe new life with the recruiting. I mean, he, the, the bowl games are nice and everybody's happy with that because the bar is low mm. because of Barry Odom. But, you know, this is a class that I don't know if Mizzou's ever had. And um, right. there are several, I was, me and Britton were talking the other night on the podcast that there are several guys in this draft class that would be the star of our draft class any other year. And they're right. getting the, they're the, they're the third or fourth billion in this class because we get guys like Luther Burton. I think we had talked about it. It was maybe four of the recruits coming in are not just like four star, they're, top 15 players All in the time. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so well, it's a level of recruiting that Missouri has not enjoyed. Now there's questions about, you know, can um, drink, which make it translate on game day, but, he, right. but he's, he's already proven that he can recruit. Yeah. You kind of think it might take care of itself, but it is, it's, it's been fun to watch that because like, you know, I, I've seen like over the years, like, well, you guys will grab a five-star every now and then, you know, Sheldon Richardson, DGB. Um, I don't think Mackin was a five-star. I think he's a four-star. But Terry I mean, like Beckner you guys, Jr. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Terry Beckham Jr. Um, but, you know, you know, at the same time, there was also like your I remember like you would have Richardson and then like your entire secondary would be like these fucking two star, like former basketball players that like <laughs> played one year of football. And they're like, well, he's athletic. Throw him out there. Um, yeah. But like moving forward, like because because honestly, everyone talks about how tough the SEC West is because, you know, Bama and LSU and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it's almost like all those teams are, are similar in, in talent, right? Like, I mean, obviously Bama has won like more than anyone else, but like they are all able to have like facilities and talent level and, and they've been somewhat around each other. The East has been kind of one-sided over the past, you know, five, six years. Um, it, like what, 
what is like the ultimate, obviously the ultimate goal is like to win that SEC and national championship, all that kind of stuff. Do you think that's a possibility with like, not just Drinkwitz, but or like the surrounding factors like Kirby? I think that, um, you know, Missouri is <laughs> Missouri. That's not in Missouri's immediate horizon, right. but I think most Missouri fans believe it is a possibility and something that can be achieved because I know if you're not a Missouri fan, it's easy to forget in 2013, just how close Mizzou was to the national championship game. I mean, they were, you know, if, if Trey Mason, if Missouri had somehow found a way to stop him running the football, then that's the only thing between them and a national championship. That was 2013. And then, as you mentioned, 2007, Missouri was a heartbeat away from the national title game in that one as well. It can happen in Missouri. I know a lot of people think it, those were flukes, but you know, you do it once, it's a fluke. You do it twice, it's a coincidence. And then by the third time, you know, is, is, is it a fluke anymore? So I think Missouri fans have faith, but we are at the early stages of this. We have a lot right. of flaws as a football team. We're going into an Army Armed Forces Bowl against Army. It's down, you know, six-and-a-half-point underdog because half a team has decided they're not going to play this one. And understandably so. I'm not dogging them in any way, but no. it's not going to be the same football team. No, call team. them out, brother. Call them out. I mean, they <laughs> no, don't no, have no, no heart. <laughs> No, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think you got to do what's right for you. And, uh, you know, they talk about Tyler Beatty, obviously the star of this team. He wants to play in this football game. The coach himself and his parents talked him out of it and said, you got to do what's right by you. And the, really the significance of bowl games has just diminished so much over the years that it is the right thing for these guys to sit out. And But anyway, the greater point is that, you know, here we are playing in this. Armed Forces Bowl against Army, and uh, it's it's a different looking team than even the one that played went to six and six in the regular season. Yeah, uh, honestly, I had not um, done any research on that, uh, so I didn't know most of the things you just said. So before I put any bets in, I appreciate you saying all that. That's it, it, honestly, it sucks about Beatty too because Beatty has just done he's done like what several Mizzou players have done like over the last decade, which is have just an absolutely incredible season and not just like a good season. Like he was a good player on an average team, like a ridiculously like, like I don't say generational, but like a once a decade type season, you know, I mean, Beatty's putting up numbers that he had five games over 200 yards, right? That's more than any other, any other running back in the sec has had since I think 2015. And that includes Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette and someone else I'm forgetting. Um, I don't remember who it was either way, but like Beatty, like surpassing those numbers. Um, I hate that. He's not going to be able to be like on some stage. I wouldn't say national stage because of the armed forces bowl, but um, that part kind of sucks. So. Yeah. We were, um, we're, we're huge Beatty fans and uh, it's always, he's, he's the, the best part of this team. And uh, we were looking forward to watching him, but nobody can fault him for his decision. And uh but he is, he's a, he's been a, he's been a, a once in a decade running back and, uh, um, but, and he's a, he's a great kid. I mean, aside from the field too. So he's a great representative for Mizzou. I think there's yeah. not a single person in the world doesn't wish the best for Tyler Beatty and, uh, and don't surprised. fall to the lick for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I think some people think he racked up a lot of those yards against in cupcakes games, but you can ask any sec East team we've played, Tyler Bay laid the wood to some people and uh, that's why he's going to, he's going to get drafted because he was, he wasn't just doing it against nobody's state. 
Right. Well, the amazing thing, too, about Beatty this season has been the number one question mark going into the season about Beatty was, can he handle the increased workload? Right. Larry Roundtree the third had been the premier back in the year or two prior, and Beatty had always been a nice, feet, you know, back, um, you know, scat back and light duty kind of running back. And he answered the bell and then some, obviously, this season. Dude. I mean, you know, it makes you question like, man, what, <laughs> what if we'd had more of a platoon at running back last year? Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird too. Cause both of them have been there since roughly 2003. Um, and then Beatty obviously is like enters his like final season, but you know, it, it became like, it was a question mark at the start of the year. And then you end the season and it's like, you know, I remember talking to my buddy about this and it's like, they are forcing the ball to him. Like in way, like yeah. just he had like trying 40 to like carries against Arkansas. <laughs> Dude. Like, and, you, and, and it was like late in the game too. It's like, you knew where he looked so dog tired, but like, you knew he was getting the ball. It was like, you know, a little like mini Derrick Henry, but um, so that brings me to my most important question. We still have like some more time, but my most important question I was going to ask you is kill Mary screw. Okay. Mm. Tyler Beatty, Chase Daniels, Jeremy Macklin. Kill Mary screw boy. Um, oh gosh. I hate to do this to Mac. <laughs> but he's gonna yeah, he's on the block. I mean, I didn't want to uh, put Brad Smith in there. I feel like Macklin is definitely the one's going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Beatty's just, it's, it's recency bias maybe, but you know, I'm going to marry him and uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to look for that twinkle in Chase's eye and uh, we're going to have a, we're going to have a beautiful night together. But, uh, but if I'm, but I'm going to settle down with somebody, it's going to be Beatty. Well, I mean, Chase Daniels got all that money. He, he's already like, he's had a dad bod for like 11 years. (laughs) That's where he should have gone. I'm kind of more into hard bodies. That's why I'm going with Beatty. It's very honest. I didn't realize I like this show that. was so homoerotic. This is this is you know uh, it's right it's, we just, it's 2021 and we just like to talk about all things. There was I forgot what episode it was, but there was some like somebody brought up Cliff Kingsbury one time, and I was like, that dude's hot as shit. Um, and I'm a straight male, but it's just like I mean, I mean honestly, it's like it's, it's you ridiculous. Can, you can, um, you can game knows game. Recognize and admit. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, you, a man is attractive. Um, okay, so a lot of our listeners, you know, like I said, I, you're spot on with. SEC fans don't give a shit about any other football outside the country. Like, like my whole job, man, is just I just prop up and 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 I don't want to say the word I'm thinking of, but just basically constantly pat on the back the SEC and all their accomplishments. And it's I, I love my job, um, but I also understand how obnoxious that can be to outside conferences, outside fan bases, especially coming into it. Because you know, I mean, like like you said, like Mizzou comes in. <laughs> You see, like Tennessee fans talking shit to him. It's like they've won a division title more recently than everyone in this division, besides Florida and Georgia. Um, tell us about like Como. A lot of our, our listeners haven't ever been there. Um, I heard it's a real place. I, I Tom Hardis told me a little bit about it, but mainly just him blacking out in college. So describe <laughs> this beautiful oasis uh, to us. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think, you know, coming into the SEC from the Big 12, a conference that is, you know, not celebrated in any way for, you know, other than for its mediocrity. And, but that does give you a healthy sense of practice, you know, practical, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I think reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, where you, you have a better sense of where you actually are in the universe. Right. And I think that has benefited Mizzou fans uh, because we don't have any, I don't know. We, we just don't have these sort of illusions that we're something that we're not. I mean, I think we always. Yeah, we love to say on our show, it's always 1998 Knoxville. 
And, <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, and God love all these fan bases. They're, they're rabid. And it's part of the reason what makes the SEC special. But, I mean, we, I think Mizzou fans were taken aback a little bit by just sort of the, uh, well, we, we came into the conference. We were a pretty good football team, you know, had lived in the top 25 and had, had, had been a, a breath away from the uh, <laughs> national championship. And yeah. we got to this conference. Everybody's like, who are you? Oh, oh the Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Y'all look different. Um, <laughs> yeah. I called you guys Vanderbilt with a fake ID, which I feel like is yeah. pretty accurate. Um, I think that's a compliment. I mean, like, <laughs> it is like, like all I know about Mizzou fans. Like every, I've had such a blast going to Mizzou games because y'all know how to drink better than anyone else. I, I'll never forget. Well, it's the Midwest. So, There's nothing else to do for large portions of the year. And the largest right. part of the fan base comes from St. Louis, which is two things. It's mostly German and Irish, and it's Catholic. And so, I mean, <laughs> the, the, yeah. you know, as a as a German Catholic, I think I can tell you that the drinking is part of the culture. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I'm trying to think of a. Uh, there's been so many drinks I've been like, like uh, we, we went to, I think it was Vandy actually. It might've been South Carolina, 2012 or 2013. And I'll never forget the look on this dude's face when he realized there wasn't a pass out gate so he can keep drinking at halftime. Cause that was a big transition he had to make. Um, it was but, heavily like, talked about, heavily talked about when that. <laughs> as yeah. it should have been. Um, mm-hmm. But no, you yeah, guys when you came to the SEC, like these guys don't drink at the games. <laughs> no, like the SEC is more like, okay, we're going to, we're going to get, as shitty as possible before the game, sneak in like like liquor and like ninety five percent of like the dudes that drink, I feel like are just the type of guy that's like drinking brown liquor and, and coke, and then's like, I can't drink whiskey, man. Whiskey makes me fight. Like, no, you're an <laughs> asshole. You're just an <laughs> asshole, Trent. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, we, you know, Missouri has a proud tradition of sneaking uh, sneaking alcohol, and then oh, Brennan, tell him the story about uh, what we used to do for the Orange Bowl. Do you remember that story? Brennan's old oh, enough. Yeah to have been back in the big 12 days. Here's a, here's a proud Mizzou tradition for you. Yeah. Sorry to like be it. all over, be all over the place a little bit, but anyway, um, so, you know, people, you talk about, ask us about Columbia and, and people mm-hmm. think, Oh, Missouri doesn't have any traditions despite, you know, we claim, you know, any homecoming, which we think is a little bit of a tradition, but one yeah. of the things that is lesser talked about is that when you were in the big 12, <laughs> you went to, if you win the big 12, well, at the time it was the big eight. If you win the big eight, you uh, go to the orange bowl. That's how the bowl right. system worked at that time. And so when I was a student, it was very common. This was in, in the mid late nineties where the first game of the season, every, the first time you score a touchdown in a conference game, you take, you sneak oranges into the game and you chuck them at the opposing team. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and the fan base was, you know, focused behind the yeah. opposing team. And so it was like expected part of the thing. And they had to like warn the students all the time. Don't throw oranges, which just reminded them. It's like, Hey, I need to go buy oranges. Right. <laughs> also not an easy thing to sneak yeah, in. So basically like a assault you just put an orange in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Assault with fruit is a proud tradition here at Mizzou. In Columbia. Listen, man, lost, I, I grew up tradition. as a Bama fan and that's like, that's just barely on our radar at this point, man. We're way past that. Mm. Um, You're whipping batteries at people. Oh my God, our fans are the worst. So like, like that is a, like, I will say this. And I, and I already, I caught you doing this earlier in, in the interview. You, you said like, Oh, you know, and these fans are great. They're passionate. Like, don't fucking say that. Like, like before I had this job, I didn't pull for any sec teams. I, cause it didn't help my team. I just, I pulled for Bama and that was it like an asshole. But I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of like good people in each fan base. There's a lot of bad people in each fan base, whatever power rank the top five worst fan bases and why. <laughs> the SEC. Well, I mean, I think no respectable fan 
or list of this could exist without Missouri being on that list. And I, I sound like I am dogging my own fan base, but I'll say this. We are a, what have you done for me lately kind of fan right. base. And who isn't, I think, really. Yeah. I, mean, well, I think it's, it, go ahead. Vandy. Missouri is the call to show me state and it is for a reason. Missourians yeah. are a hard headed lot and uh, they're not going to go. They're not going to um, give you their affections for no reasons. Like you're going to have to earn a Missourians affections. And so that's, I think part of our fan base is just, they're a little more cynical <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. you're going to have to show them that it's worth showing up because um, I don't know. We're just, they, they're not rabid enough to show up when they're, when everybody's terrible. I remember one of the first years right. we were in the league, we were, when we were, even when we were good, we were having our spring practice game and our attendance was like Kentucky drew like 25,000 people to their, you know, their, their spring game. And Missouri, I mean, wait, 1700, who knows, you know, it was barely right. anybody. And I said, it's fucking Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're, they're not drawing us by, by gob. So that's, that's the Missouri fan base. Like they'll be there on the big games. I have no doubt, but but um, I'll say a positive about Missouri's fan base, and it circles back to saying coming from the Big 12 and having a little bit of a sense of reality about who you are. Right. You know, when you talk about Drinkwitz and his recruiting and all he's done this last couple of seasons and now getting us like a top 10 recruiting class. Mm-hmm. We heard that for from many different programs within the SEC in our decade now of being in this conference, Tennessee and Butch Jones in particular, I can think of about what a recruiting powerhouse he is and all the guys that are coming to Tennessee and how unstoppable they're going to be. And so we have seen that recruiting does not always translate into wins. And so we're not what Kentucky was or Tennessee was Tennessee. Sorry, I said Kentucky, but Tennessee was, um, you know, they just thought, well, give us the national title because this guy's going to come in and fix everything. We're not like that. We're like, okay, well, you've done one good thing. Now let's do a second good thing. And we'll think about buying a ticket. You know, <laughs> that's a very good explanation. But he's he's done a good a really good job of like, I mean, they, didn't they sell out the the season tickets like earlier than they ever had like a year ago? Yeah, but we also no, he's got the lowest attendance we've had in a decade this year. God, you're negative. But, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, but it, there's no doubt enthusiasm is up. There's no doubt. Right. I mean, they, they, and you'll be shocked at how quickly Mizzou will fill a stadium if you give them a right. reason to. But yeah, they are they are. Um, yeah, Missourians are not a, a uh, an easy lover when it comes to their fandom. Like, you're <laughs> gonna have to wine them and dine them and sixty nine them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but check um, out that's... the footage of Henry Josie scoring the winning touchdown and beating uh, John, you know Johnny Manziel and Texas A and M for the 2013 East title. I mean, you'll watch the fans storm the field, and you will see what Missouri fans can do when get properly motivated. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like. I mean, I feel like you guys have hit the nail on the head, which I've, it makes sense because you guys are in the fan base. But that's always been my experience with them, too, is that, it, it, like, for, first off, it's a basketball first school. Like, I feel like, in my experience, like, it hasn't been great lately, um, but they are a very passionate basketball, uh, like, fan base. And, and, they, and they actually, like, know the game. That's where I feel like a lot of yeah. SEC fans get lost in the offseason because it's like, I mean, like, Bama. Bama's good at basketball. Apparently, we just lost to Davidson, but, like, you know, they'll, they'll pack out Coleman Coliseum. There's no chance any of them know what's going on at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, well, you, know, you have like, go ahead. No, it's, it, you're right. I mean, for the longest time we were a, um, a basketball school. And uh, I think some people are still holding on to that, but it's been dead for some time. They, they, uh, yeah. 
a series of bad coaches one after the other has basically drowned the baby. I mean, it's, uh, it's, Lord. And, and, well, I mean, sorry, I get really dark. Anyway, the, yeah, uh, I don't think it's a metaphor. A dark, our basketball is a dark place. <laughs> and, uh, but like I said, the football team has been so much more relevant. So much, yeah. so many more times in that time period between now and the last time we had any relevancy in basketball um, that it's really, it, I mean, it has flipped on its ear. And I think most people would agree with that. Now, don't get me wrong. If we, if we ever get good at basketball again, um, I could definitely, you know, we will fill that arena uh, because it was a basketball school for a long time, but we've been, just been babies, so bad apparently. for so long. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think there is also a, a geographic reality that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we were a basketball school and it's an indoor winter sport. And, you know, one right. of the two, two toughest things that the SEC brings to the table, it's usually football and baseball. And the fact that, you know, in February, it's tough for fans to get too excited when they're freezing their asses on aluminum bleachers. But it's not a problem Man. in Gainesville, you know. Right. So, um, but you know, ba- basketball—we can turn the furnace up, and we can play hoops in January. So, but uh, it's been a long time since we've seen any good basketball. P- folks are desperate for it. I think if there is any semblance of life on our basketball yeah. program, then fans are going to flock back. I, well, I think like, part honestly, of the, go ahead. The uh, the older part of our fan base is still very much basketball, but for anybody basically born in the last two decades, Missouri is a football school. And right. it's really the generational divide. There's definitely still those. I mean, if you go find a 55 year old Mizzou fan and say, are we a basketball school? He'll probably say, yup. And if you find a 25 year old, he'll be like, nope. Right. <laughs> I don't know why they have to sound like Disney characters. <laughs> or the E40 <laughs> song. How yep. you? <laughs> um, okay. Real quick. We got to wrap up. Cause I didn't realize it's already nine 35. We still record the whole podcast. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming on, by the way, because I, I, it's a it's honestly a pleasure to meet you guys. Um, before Man. you guys leave, since this is College Football Uncensored, I just want each of you to take 30 seconds to 60 seconds and just from like the bottom of your heart, um, tell me everything you think about Kansas. You want to go first or second, Brennan? Um, I'll go first. Go so uh, Kansas. Missouri, Missouri truly, 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 truly hates Kansas. And I consider myself amongst those people who don't consider it just to be a jovial sort of college rivalry. But I do not like Kansas people. Like if you have a Jayhawks bumper sticker and you're broken down on the side of the road, I will not help you. And (laughs) and you don't deserve to be helped. And I and I wish ill on you. Like, you know, I don't want you to arrive at your destination healthy. Anyway, (laughs) Missouri. Fans, I think we tear ourselves up a little bit about that because this is a rivalry that dates back to the Civil War. And, you know, we kind of weren't on the right side of good and evil on that one. But the part where we were in the right was hating Kansas. And so we we, we didn't hate them for the right reasons, but it turns out there's lots and lots and lots of other good reasons to not like those. I I say people, but I feel like it's a little generous to the creatures that live in Kansas. The subhuman lizard. I don't know. I, I can't, everything I spit out, it just sounds like a compliment, frankly. When I think about what. Colin, you. It is a urine sink hellscape. It is where dreams go to die. And uh, it's, a, it's an awful place. And everyone who lives there should probably get some sort of pestilence. I'd like to ask our uh, 
magic spaghetti monster in the sky to send all COVID to their state. If you could, Lord, Good Lord. send it all there now and, <laughs> and let it stay there and percolate and, and uh, mutate. Amen, they're, brother. Already, they're already rotting, festering bodies. Preach. And, uh, anyway, in your name, I pray. So. Wow, we did it. This is good. My mom's the pastor, so I'll make sure that gets directly up to the mm-hmm. big guy. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right, guys, we'll have to do this again at some point. Um, hopefully my boss didn't hear the prayer about uh, dead babies or um, you wishing COVID on everybody. And not well, even they- including Ohio State fans. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, I, mean, I made it way better. <laughs> yeah, um, we do one, thing at a time. one thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell everyone where they can find y'all. And, um, and, and uh, like I said, I appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll have to catch up again soon. Yeah. Yeah. One is it, we can even talk football at some point. Wow. <laughs> 35 <laughs> minutes. We can do that for shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, you can find us anywhere pods are sold, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all those areas and mazodcast.com. You can follow us. I think we're most active on Twitter at mazodcast and it's M I Z Z O D C A S T. And everybody tells us it's a terrible name. And it's like, well, we not took- roll off the tongue, but it's, it, yeah, like, no, it's, we it's thought, so well known now. Yeah. The, we thought, well, take a word that's hard to spell and pronounce and that's how you market. And so <laughs> we just took Mizzou Mush and podcast and mushed them together with the least <laughs> thought possible. Perfect. Um, so that's how you find us. No one wants to though. Awesome. No, that's not true. Um, I mean, <laughs> I did. So I, I hit you guys up on two platforms today. So, but guys, um, thank you again. It was it's awesome to meet you guys. And and, and finally, uh, yeah, we didn't talk anything about football. That was that's yeah. not my best. Um, yeah, there's always next year. So we'll do that. Um, Me and anyway, have y'all a have bad a- habit. We have Go a ahead. bad habit of being the, doing this. It's, it's it, our show often devolve into anything but what we're supposed to be talking about. Well, if you're going to volunteer that, I'll definitely give you the blame because my ADD is is in high effect right now. Um, anyway, um, we'll wrap up and, uh, and, and thanks again, y'all. We'll, we'll talk to y'all soon. All right. Thanks for having, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.